Arequipa. Okay, welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, uh, joined by my co-host, as always, LaDonna Loki. LaDonna, how you doing? Very well, thank you. Cool. Um, so we're back. Uh, we had a little bit of a mini hiatus because I was in New Orleans. Um, but yeah, uh, nothing happened while I was gone. So it's No, cool. it's, it's uh, all quiet. <laughs> we're not doing an emergency podcast for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're, we're actually just going to wait till next week to do one. But I was like, all right, fuck, we got it with this DACA thing. I'm, I'm ready to rage at the fucking Democrats. <laughs> we're going to have some fun with that one. <laughs> yeah. And we might have some disagreement, judging by our earlier conversation. So it'll... We might, but I like it when that happens. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's fun. It's, it, it's, it'll be a doubly interesting conversation. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, but actually, before we even get into the DACA stuff, let, let's talk a little bit about the Women's March, because I actually... Um, while I was in New Orleans, it was going on, so we we went to it. Uh, I didn't, you know, participate in it, but I, I no hat I, for you, no yeah, pink no, pussy no, hat. Pink pussy <laughs> I, I, I left my knitting material at home. Oh, darn it! Um, but uh, we we watched it. Like we would stand, we stood next to the the parade going by, and I kind of just you know people watched and watched the signs. It was uh, an interesting experience. Um, yeah, was so, it big down there? Yeah, it was pretty big. It was it it went all around Bourbon Street. It, it had definitely thousands of people. I I couldn't really put a number on it, but yeah, it was a big number. It was a big crowd. Um, yeah. What? So you know, I, I have I have thoughts on it, but what 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 was your overall feel of of the Women's March? What it was and what what the maybe effect of it is, things like that. I have had such mixed feelings about this, and and even going back to the first one. Um, you know, we've talked on this podcast before about, you know, the, the MIC resistance and the idea of having uh, a protest or march that's sort of like, you know, maybe in general anti-Trump and, and pro-women. But there's, it, I didn't feel like there was a real agenda to get anything accomplished. It was just sort of like a, a gathering of people. And, and while lots of people had signs relative to, you know, particular causes that they were speaking out on, or maybe things that Republicans have said or whatever, I felt like, you know, the first one was vague and, and the second one even more so. Um, you know, some people have spoken about how some of the organizers are problematic, Linda Sarsour, you know, being one of them. I think her involvement was a little bit less in this one than it was in the first one. But, you know, there's some issues with a that. I don't like her also because she's very strong. She's Palestinian. So she's, you know. Well, there's, you know, this pro-Sharia law, some stuff that she said. I don't know. I mean, you know, so that so there's her. And then, yeah. you know, the there's a whole thing with the trans movement and the idea of um, being very literal in terms of wearing a pink pussy hat. And is that excluding people in the trans community who, you know, identify as female, but may not have that particular body part or from, let's say a, a race perspective, whose body part may not be pink. 
Um, so, you know, there were those things. And I know that, that some people chose not to wear the hats or maybe to wear rainbow hats or, you know, do other things. You know, that was, there was that I element. I just want to cut in real quick. The yeah. hats are fucking stupid looking. Anyway. <laughs> like, nobody should walk around in public with those. Fucking... But no, continue. continue. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, cat ears is kind of cute. But yeah, I didn't, you know, whatever. And then, of course, Republicans take that and they think that it was supposed to represent the vulva, which is like, A, do you even know what a vulva well, looks a like? Of, a lot of them have never seen one in their life. So yeah. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that was confusing. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I have mixed feelings. Obviously, I'm female. I, you know, have a daughter. I'm, you know, pro-women in general. Um, but I felt like it was vague, um, you know, just in terms of what they were standing for. And I would really like to see if we're going to get out and, and, you know, get, take to the streets, let's do it to accomplish something. Let's, you know, fight for a single payer or let's, you know, be really specific on an issue. And I know that it's harder to get people out when you're talking issues versus something very general, like being female, um, but it just seems like it would be more productive. I don't know. What do you sure. think? Yeah, no, I, I, I largely agree. I, um, I, 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 I always hesitate cause I'm like, look, I, I know a lot of people, uh, who I respect that participate in it and that support it. And I support, um, you know, gender equality, obviously, <laughs> I mean, right. I but I don't even think that that's really what the march is about. Like that, I, I feel like there's just a non-existent mission statement. It's really just like a response to Trump kind of march, and it's like great guys, but you know what? I don't see all these. You know, uh, I'll say it. You know, uh, well-off, uh, upper middle class white, white women. Yeah, yeah. I don't see them when we're marching for Black Lives Matter or when people are marching for. Uh, you know, or you know, out at Standing Rock, or people are marching for uh, an end to wars, or any of these things. Like it's just, it, it's yeah. a way for uh, it's it, uh, the vast majority of them are these people that are, as you said, Mick resistors who like to say that they're politically active, even though they've never been politically active in their lives, and now they're all of a sudden, they, it makes them feel better about themselves to say, "Look, we came out and we resisted and all this shit," and then it's like, "Okay, great." I, you know, that's great. I, I'm glad you're doing that. Now you're going to march with us when we march for workers' rights, which right. affect women disproportionately. You know, w w women, uh, you know, the, the gender uh, pay gap, <laughs> women make even less money. So when we're fighting for a $15 minimum wage, that's going to help women maybe even more so than it's going to help men. It's like, are you going to well, come out and fight for that? <laughs> yeah. And, and I blogged actually right after the, the one last year about this. My my whole thing was, you know, women's march, that's, that's great, but it's what happens next that matters. And unfortunately, what happened next was a whole lot of nothing. And I think yeah. very fairly, a lot of women of color have, have spoken out and said either they felt excluded, you know, they felt mm -hmm. that, that their voices weren't heard, um, that they weren't, you know, um, given opportunities to speak the same, you know, rate as others. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that that's valid. And I think that the other pieces they're saying, look, we, you know, we've showed up all year long for all of these different battles and protests, whether it was Black Lives Matter or Standing Rock or these other things. And their feeling is that in particular, you know, white women um, have been absent during all of that. And so it, it's a sense of, sure, we'll show up for you, but are you going to show up for us? Are you going to be there for that? There was um, someone wrote an article about that where, you know, during the march, she 
actually tried to start, you know, some chants relative to Black Lives Matter. And it was sort of a, you know, very light kind of muffled, you know, tepid, uh, you know, response from people. So, I mean, it, it speaks volumes to me when when these issues are intersectional that um, a lot of the people attending uh, don't embrace that. Yeah. And that's kind of a theme. Uh, you know, white women in more ways than one uh, kind of gave us Trump. I mean, 52 percent. Uh, of white women voted for Trump. Right. Uh, the white woman that he ran against, uh, in many ways, one could argue, gave us Trump. But right. right. Um, so I wrote a piece about that too. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it was called Hillary Clinton gave us Trump. So yeah. Um, so and and you know, it's not to say white men didn't. Obviously, they did too. You know, right. white people in general, we we've been fucking up for uh, <laughs> quite some time now. <laughs> but it's to say that like. That that specific group of political activists, who I don't, I shudder to even call them that, love to act like they're doing something, but really they only care about black and brown people when it suits their needs politically. And when it comes time for those people to be like, "Hey, help us out," you know, we helped you out. Uh, we want our rights. They're like, "Oh no, nah, that's funny. Know your role. You know, know your place. We just use you." to make ourselves feel better, but, uh, don't actually make our lives harder because, right. Right. And you know, there's, uh, we'll, we'll get into stuff about that later, but it's just, uh, there were some other interesting things that, that happened as a part of the women's March in different locations, candidates were invited and then uninvited from speaking, or in some cases, like only an incumbent was allowed to speak. There was a lot of weird political it's, shit it's from fucking, one location to another. It's a front for the establishment. I mean, not, not front, but uh, it, it's basically just a march organized by and for people that support the establishment. I mean, right. it's not, you know, it's not an activist march. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but that, that being said, there are a lot of people we know who we know are real activists who go there, uh, you know, and march and, but they may be bringing signs that say like eat the rich or something like that. Right. But so, but, and I support like those, those people that go, cause I know that they're real activists, but by and large, the event itself has been co-opted by the, the Mick resistance, like a group right. of non, non-activists who like to feel better about themselves, but when it comes time to actually give people rights, it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> we didn't we didn't really want to fight for you guys. It just makes us feel better to act like we are. Um, you know, we were totally fine when Barack Obama was doing similar things, but <laughs> now that now that the fucking you know the lunatic game show host is doing it, it's all of a sudden unconscionable to us. And right. It, it is unconscionable, but it was unconscionable when Barack Obama and George Bush and Bill Clinton were doing it too. So. Absolutely. And we need to, to be more even and in, in holding all of them accountable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, speaking of, of uh, Democrats only doing things <laughs> when it uh, suits them. And there we go. About, oh, and you know, I, before we get into that, I wanted to make one point. Uh, so, you know, I talked about how white women elected Trump. Black women elected Doug Jones. Right. They all came out like 95% of them voted for Doug Jones. You know, he that. The reason he won, uh, besides the fact that he ran against a fucking pedophile, was yeah. that uh, black people came out and voted for him. And then so, he immediately fucking turns his back on them with his votes. I, well, I saw, <laughs> yeah, I saw a really interesting stat. Uh, Doug Jones has voted with Donald Trump since he's gotten the Senate 100% of the time. Yeah. Not a single vote against one of Donald Trump's policy agenda uh, items. So, yeah. Uh, so the illusion of choice there, you, you had two candidates that basically were both pro-Trump. One was just pretending not to be. Like, Great. Yeah. 
So, you know, all the, uh, <laughs> once again, I say it all the time, but, you know, Bernie's not even a real Democrat. But I, uh, <laughs> all these fucking real Democrats uh, aren't worth shit. So <laughs> speaking of which, um, <laughs> onto this the stock uh, uh, government shutdown fiasco debacle. Uh, <laughs> so uh, over the, you know, over the break, <laughs> over our hiatus, uh the uh, government uh, shut down because they couldn't agree on a sp- uh, on a spending bill to fund the government, uh, and the bill that they had come to, uh, you know, it, it did have chip funding in it, which is something that existed before that the Republicans took as a fucking hostage. Right. Yeah, they could have the put dream. that through at any point. Yeah. So um, the but the but you know because. <laughs> Uh, the Democrats have been kicking the can down the road on the Dreamers for fucking years. Like they had a supermajority at one point under Obama and they didn't do anything about it because once again, don't really care about black and brown people. They just pretend to, so they vote for them. Right. Um, so they could have done something about this years ago, but that's besides the point. Now's now. Um, so they, you know, they've been getting tons of pressure. Nancy Pelosi, you know, we, we got protested at a bunch of her speeches. Uh, people saying like, look, stop fucking pretending you care about us, do something for us, stand up, say you will not, uh, you will not support a spending bill unless it has protections for the dreamers, which existed. Uh, but Trump took away once again as a hostage, cause that's how Republicans govern. Right. They take things that are fucking common sense and for the common good and in theory bipartisan and they take them and they destroy them and then hold them hostage. So you're always playing from a position of weakness as the Democrats. Well, and, um, and what they want, what Trump wants is the funding for his wall. And so, you know, the discussion is, OK, well, you know, we can do something for dreamers, but you've got to fund the wall. And, and apparently Schumer agreed to that, at least some level of it, like without even, you know, the shutdown or anything. He had said, Schumer, OK, and yeah. Durbin all were like, yeah, no, we will we'll fund your wall like they like they just totally fucking folded like a fucking origami uh crane on on this stupid wall that nobody wants everyone agrees is totally impractical and impossible in in most regions along the border because of rivers and yada yada exactly Uh, wouldn't stop anyone because people would just fucking dig under it and it would cost billions and billions if not trillions of dollars to make so it's it's a massive boondoggle uh nobody fucking thinks it's a realistic possibility it was a bullshit demagogue campaign promise but the Democrats, uh, in their infinite weakness, negotiating from a point of total fucking defeat immediately. <laughs> well, like, oh, yeah, we'll fund the wall. So- yeah, I mean, so they were already in a position of weakness because, you know, all three branches are controlled by Republicans. So they didn't have a ton of leverage. They had well, that, some. That's been their whole thing, yes, from day one is that they've, or, well, you know, since, since the 2016 elections that they've had. Uh, you know, the, the Republicans control every branch of government because the Democrats, as we've talked about on the show, are inept. Right. Um, but they had some they had more leverage than they've had arguably since Trump took office with this, because this bill needs 60 votes to pass. Right. So if the Democrats stood firm and said, look, we're not going to pass it without X, Y or Z, it wasn't going to pass. Right. Um, which is why the government shut down in the first place, you know, three, uh, three, four days ago, because they caved into the pressure of all these activists who were like, hey, we fucking turn out and vote for you. Don't fuck us. Make sure you protect the dreamers. You already told us that if we came out of the shadows, you'd protect us and we'd, there'd be no 
consequences, now you're not guaranteeing that's even true. So don't screw us over. It's the very least you could do. Um, so now I have, a, I have an issue with the Democrats' negotiations on this from, from the get-go because Democrats, in their infinite fucking weakness, took one position. It's like, look, we'll fund your wall. We'll do whatever you want. I, they literally, there's the tweets from Chuck Schumer saying, we've given Trump everything he wants because you're, you're, you're a great fucking leader, Chuck. <laughs> like, way, to, way to fucking negotiate. Um, but they only asked for the fucking Dreamers, like the Dream Act. Like you could have asked for fucking 10 things and then gotten worked down to five things. That's how you <laughs> fucking, any, that's how, you know. Right, that's how you negotiate. <laughs> in, in Econ 101 would have fucking negotiated this. Even if you read one of Trump's fake books on the art of negotiation, yeah, yeah, the art of the you deal. Could you could have this advice from one of his bullshit <laughs> fucking negotiation books. But no, of course. But it's not even that they're dumb. They just don't want these things because they fucking serve their donors. Like right. they, they could have come out, and a lot of people were. I think the Justice Democrats had a petition on this that said, "Look, you need to say we will not spe- not a single vote, Democratic vote, will go to uh, a, a fund a bill to fund the government if it doesn't include protections for Dreamers, um, protections for net neutrality, uh, chip funding, and." Uh, there's one other thing uh, that was important that I'm forgetting now. Right. But you could have said, you could have started even with those three and l- like, you know, maybe they would have worked you down on net neutrality because that's going to be a tough thing, you know, for, for to get a bunch of corporatist uh, right. Republicans to agree to, let alone the corporatist Democrats who don't really give a fuck. But right. Right. You could have at least gotten like three or, you know, two or three things if you started from a position of, look, we want these six things. That's how you fucking negotiate. Like, <laughs> When you negotiate from, we'll give you everything you want, but we want this one thing, what are the Republicans going to do? No, you're going to give us everything we want, we're going to give you nothing, and you're going to fund the government because you're the party of the system works, and we need to protect the established order, and we need to protect the institutions of government, and we know that if we put pressure on you, you're going to fold like origami because you're fucking a horrible spineless party and that's well look the the optics of a shutdown weren't good for either side and i think that they quickly realized that that frankly both sides were getting blamed if you don't like democrats you blame the democrats if you don't like republicans you blame them i blame them all but you know what though yes and no like sure on tv the fucking morons on mainstream media were making it a two-sided issue but a bunch of people abc did a poll on it 70 something percent of the country blamed the republicans like it and it's and the other thing is that the Democrats did a fucking shit job of selling uh, the fact that hey idiots if you control every branch of government and then the government shuts down you're responsible for the government <laughs> shutting down <laughs> like how hard is that to sell like I don't under they're just so fucking hapless and it's like you could have been selling that and if they had a real fucking leader in the Senate like Bernie Sanders or even Elizabeth Warren. You could have fucking done it. But Chuck spineless motherfucking Schumer is out there messaging from the start before the shutdown even happens. Stuff like we're giving Trump everything he wants. We're giving him funding. for. Are you fucking kidding me? You say I will give you zero dollars towards the wall and you will fund chip and all this stuff. And maybe you get to a point where you're like, look, I'll give you some money for the wall, but you're going to fund all these programs and you're going to give us protections for dreamers and net neutrality and all this stuff. Right. 
And that would have been an acceptable compromise for me. I still think the wall's a fucking stupid, ridiculous, you know, whatever. But well, hell, I'm like, you know, why not start with like, you know, Medicare for all and universal basic income? Exactly. Like, start way That's out. What you, you start know? with. You fucking negotiate. What, what's the fucking FDR? How do you think he got things passed? Do you think he said, oh, uh, oh yeah, well, I'll give you, uh, we'll, we'll do Social Security starting at 75, and then the Republicans were fucking kind and felt that they wanted to help him out and give him some extra. Year. No. He was like, look, Social Security for everybody, or, you know, Medicare for all. He started off with fucking Medicare being a Medicare for all idea, and, he, and they eventually got to, like, oh, it's 65 with the intentions of expanding it. Right. To push policy through, you have to be fucking bold. Like FDR, when he was president, tried to stack the fucking Supreme Court. He's like, oh, yeah, you're not going to pass my shit. I'm going to add four new Supreme Court judges, <laughs> <laughs> which was a ballsy fucking move. And it didn't work. But a lot of his stuff got through because of that position of negotiating strength. Right. It's the only way you get anything done in Washington. But the Democrats, you know, as a lot of people, as Jen Uger said, are chosen to fucking lose that the, the donors pick strong Republicans and weak Democrats. Well, so here's and, where we differ though. Like, so, you know, you're, you think that, uh, you know, they, they gave away everything basically in, in allowing yeah, the, yeah, yeah we'll this shutdown to, um, you know, to be stopped. And, and I disagree because really, I think all that they did with this measure, it was a stopgap measure. It was to, you know, they realized it didn't look good for either side. It was to, keep funding our military, you know, all of these, these people that need to keep working to, to keep that going while they try to figure it out. And so, you know, it was a, a temporary funding measure. They, they honestly, they should have and could have done it before the shutdown happened, but I guess maybe it was a, a game to see if they would really go through with it or who would blink first. I don't know. Um, you know, but, but oh, so the Democrats, well, yeah. So, <laughs> So we've got three more weeks now during which they say if they don't come to a, a DACA deal that that, that will be next on. Mm. So the, the Dems don't have to agree to anything. This isn't a budget. They haven't agreed no, to a not. budget. They still have that same leverage. It's just they're they're funding the government right now. So yeah. I, you know, I, I'll give them the three weeks, you know, now and McConnell has promised they would get to it next. If he goes back on his word, as he fucking does with everything, then then which shut it down again. <laughs> Um, so now I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Mostly. I disagree that they had the same leverage. I think they gave away all their leverage and I'll explain why. Um, number one, the whole thing was that they said, we will not open the government back up until you protect dreamers. And they made a promise to the dreamers. Look, you come out and vote for us all the time. We're going to make sure we protect you. So just by allowing this to go through and a ton of fucking Democrats voted for it, it passed like 80 to 18, you know, 18 held strong, a bunch of good ones and a bunch of I'm running in 2020 and can't have a bad vote against my record ones. But, you know, whatever they voted for it, that's fine. Um, what they did, though, is just give away the fact that they are willing to fund the government and bl and they blinked on this and they're willing to give in because they believe in the institution of, of government. And they have made it clear to the Republicans that, look, we are not going to let this government shutdown run uh, on for long. We can't, we won't do it. So what is the incentive now for the Republicans to give them fucking anything? Because they know the incentive is they can shut it down again very easily, but they're not going. That's, that's, that's where we differ. That's the key point that I will put fucking money down right now. They will not shut the government down again. Even if the Republicans don't allow DACA vote because 
they're fucking spineless and they're going to and a bunch of them and it's already being written about in the press like the, all the mainstream guys are already putting it out there they will say oh it would be terrible optics we didn't get blamed for the first shutdown we will certainly be blamed for the second shutdown if we let the government shut down a second time they will not shut the government down a second time i can guarantee you fucking right now hear me now quote me later they will not <laughs> shut the government down again and it's going to be all optics and and they're going to be like look guys we tried they just won't do it they, and they're going to be like oh well it's the, all the republicans fault they're well, dishonest they broke yeah in that sense the fucking snake of course he's going to fucking lie and say that he'll let this come for a vote and he won't and uh, uh, and furthermore he didn't even say it's going to come up for a vote he said he's going to allow debate to consider a vote and even if it passes through the Senate, Paul Ryan has made no guarantees that it'll let it come up for vote in the House. Right. And if Paul Ryan even lets it come up for vote and it somehow miraculously passes, Trump has made no guarantee they'll sign it. And in fact, he has said, I will not sign the bipartisan bill that Dick Durbin and Lindsey Graham have right now, which, by the way, fully funds the fucking border wall in exchange for giving dreamers protection so, so what you've what you've just highlighted is that essentially this has all been an exercise in futility because it sounds you know they, they were never serious about or, or knew that they were yeah, never they going really to come to any consensus on daca it, it was never going to happen and so this is you know this this back and forth game yeah i, I just don't think i i think that people are reacting so much to this um, you know, the mainstream media constantly gets people, liberals in particular, fired up over, you know, the latest shit Trump says and, you know, the latest this, that and the other. And so I feel like everybody's freaking out over this when it, it actually could, you know, work out the same as it would have worked out otherwise, because if they were never serious about it, it was never going to happen anyway. And even if they did get it approved, there's no guarantees on the other side. But so you know it's but just it's a dog and pony show. Yeah, but you know what? This is the typical Democratic week, and I'm not saying from you. I'm saying from the party. This is typical oh, I hear Democratic, you. <laughs> Democratic weakness because ABC did a poll. Eighty-six percent of the fucking country supports DACA, supports protections for the Dreamers. Eighty-six percent. A majority of fucking Trump voters supports it because it makes fucking sense when you explain to them that Dreamers are literally people that came over here when they were children, had no say in the matter. You know, it's not like they're they're people like you know hopping the whatever the fucking Republican scaremongering image of of you know illegal immigrants is. This is not that case. These people came Look, over with no. But if public thing, opinion mattered, we would already have Medicare for all. Yeah. We would already have a lot of things. But, it's not about public opinion. But, it's about the fucking corporate donors and but such. The Democrats don't support those things. The Democrats claim to support protections for the dreamers. If they had any fucking strength or backbone whatsoever, they would ram this down the fucking Republicans throats and say, look, 86% of the country supports this. These people, and they would go on TV. They would bring dreamers on TV with them, use them as fucking props. Like the Republicans do all the time with like the one or two, you know, families that they find that at people that happen to have been murdered by illegal immigrants, like the way that they fucking, you know, right. propagandize those people. Democrats would do the same fucking thing. And I guarantee you, they could get public opinion on their side to the point where Republicans would have to support it, but they are just inept and pathetic and can't even get. And also broke. <laughs> yeah. I well, mean, I wonder why that, but that's all it's circular, you know, they're, yeah. they're broke because they're pathetic. Like nobody wants to support <laughs> this fucking, you know, garbage party that doesn't fight for anything. They well, don't, it's they don't believe yeah, in controlled opposition anything. or something. Yeah. <laughs> And I agree that, you know, this was largely a stopgap measure and they're not tied to it, but they, I think they gave away all their leverage and they showed their hand, if anything. Like if, and 
I don't think their hand was any different. I think their hand was always going to be their hand, which was a weak hand at best because of the the Republican control. So yeah, but they have leverage here. Like if they if they had a fucking caucus that wasn't filled with a bunch of fucking Republicans like Joe Manchin and Claire McCaskill who fucking vote with Trump, you know, more than seventy five percent of the time. If they had a fucking caucus of actual Democrats, I'm not even saying progressives, <laughs> you, you, a bunch of Cory Bookers, people that are political opportunists. I didn't give a fuck. They could have. <laughs> well, actually, they did. Those not- were the ones that voted against it. It was all the 2020 presidential hopefuls that were like, oh no, 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 <laughs> this is no, going to be a. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, if they had an actual caucus full, like if they had 48 out of the 50. You know, uh, Democrats in in Congress uh, were actual fucking Democrats. They could actually say, "Look, we're going to present a unified front." And furthermore, if they had a strong leader, someone like Bernie, who said, "Look, I know you guys don't want to vote this way. You're going to vote this way, or I'm going to make sure you're you're going to face a really tough primary come uh, you know November or come March, whatever the primaries are." If they had a fucking strong, well, they won't leader, do that ever because. Not. They're all about keeping whoever's in in because it's cheaper and and easier and so on. If they got elected once, they figure you know they'll but do it they again. Have a fucking leader in the in, of, of the fucking party, and they allowed someone like Bernie to be their leader. He could say to them, "Look, we need a unified front on this. We've been pr- these people are electing us uh, every fucking year in, in hopes that we're going to protect them." Bernie's uh, never going to be their leader. Have you did you watch any of the? the time period when they were negotiating on the shutdown, Bernie was by himself. Like a lot of them were in little groups talking and Bernie was by himself the entire time. He is completely an outsider from the Democrats and the Republicans. He is on his own. Yeah. He's their mascot. Like they would love to use him to get their, his base, you know, like to support the shit they try to do. But whenever it comes time to actually uh, talk Turkey and talk real policy, they leave him on the sidelines and he yeah. has to go on fucking Facebook and do a video <laughs> that gets 10 times the views that their shit does because he actually knows how to fucking talk to people and explain things. Which like, I love that you're yeah. referring to the uh, the healthcare town hall that they did tonight online. And yeah. and I think this was Bernie's way of proving mainstream media. Yeah, y- y'all can show me on CNN or whatever, but just so you know, I don't fucking need you. And I can get, you know, the same or better exposure, you know, with, with third party and, and doing things online. This is a test, you know, for the, the things that he's going to plan and do in 2020, I believe. Yeah, I, I and I hope he fucking has the sense this time to if they fuck him again to say, uh, yeah, that's great, guys. I'm gonna run with the Greens or I'm gonna run, you know, independent. <laughs> uh, and you guys can go fuck yourselves because I'm not gonna do this again for another year and let you lose to Trump and and, and have another four years of horrible, heinous shit happen to people that trust you to protect them and then you constantly are failing so well that's like, my hope and that's my hope that why jeff weaver left our revolution is to you know be planning all of that and, and putting the structure in place and you know continuing like weaver is his matter well yeah, yeah. I, I mean i get that you know but i think that um you know the idea that they're building these external structures outside of you know the democratic party um will, will make things really interesting should he choose to run and i really hope he does yeah no i, I think he's almost for sure running at this yeah. point seems like but unless they off him i mean god I, i've said it before i hope that man has a food taster and somebody <laughs> following him around because i just oh but you know they have They're to know that if be president like I, I, they have to know that if they offed him he would be freaking sainted in this country like socialism if it was ever yeah. going to take off would completely you know boom at that point which is why they won't off him they'll just try to smear him and do everything they can to kill his campaign but right <laughs> they may, they may, I, oh God, uh, 
it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of years. But... <laughs> yeah, I can't even so, see getting through uh, 2018 and what's going to happen in the midterms and all of the many ways that, you know, it's, uh, articles have been out about how the Democrats are very openly uh, picking favorites in all of the primaries and, you know, very openly backing certain people. They are not impartial in any way. They are choosing their horses in these races and it is not progressive. <laughs> Yeah, no, the DCCC, which is supposed to be impartial and, and providing funding to all these congressional campaigns, is working with the Blue Dog Democrats, a.k.a. the fucking Republicans in the Democratic Party, <laughs> um, to make sure that they crush any kind of progressive uh, primary challenges. So, you know, totally playing fair, as usual. Great strategy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I... Uh, God, I, I just fucking can't with this party. Anyway. So I don't know. I'm, my take is okay. Let's well, let's largely see what happens in the next three weeks. I, I think they could but still they could still choose to shut it down. But here's the thing: if it if it was never a reality, then what the fuck difference does it make if these people, you know, just say just keep the government going? If it was completely unrealistic that it was ever going to happen, then why make military families and and others that work for the federal government in non-essential positions why make those people suffer and hurt our economy uh, if it was never well, a reality anyway? So two things on that: number one. I don't think it was ever reality in Republicans' minds. I think if you actually had a fucking backbone as, a de as the Democrats, they could have turned it into a reality because the Republic, if they had never come back from the shutdown, the Republicans still fucking own that shutdown. They control every branch of government. So right. it's like, uh, if you fucking put enough pressure on them, eventually they're going to have to cave. They're going to have to concede. They can't say, they can't let the government fucking, uh, uh, you know, not not be operating forever. I mean, they're gonna, they they're going to face massive pressure, even from their own uh, donors, which is really the only time anything ever gets done because uh, shutdowns are bad for the donors. Which is why the Democrats are always uh, dying to end shutdowns because it's bad for Wall Street. It's bad for the stock market. Right. Um. But number two is that the the. Uh, as much as I think she's fucking garbage and a Republican, Claire McCaskill actually put forth an amendment to fully fund the military during government shutdowns and, and Mitch McConnell wouldn't even allow it to come for a vote. Right. So because that's again, his leverage. <laughs> but again, you should fucking make that stick to him. If you were on every fuck, that should have been every fucking Democrat should have gone on every news show and been like, look, we tried to fucking, Fun. I did see to... some of that in fairness. I did see some of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't pay as much attention to mainstream I... media anymore. So I may have missed a few, but you know, even within social media, I did see some people speaking out about that and trying to hold them accountable for that. And, and of course the Republicans are fucking silent because they know it's hypocritical. Yeah. But it, it's like, again, you allow them to turn it into a debate and, and act like they're the patriotic ones and they're trying to you know, it's just bullshit. And of course, the media in their total fucking dereliction of duty, every time Paul Ryan goes out there and says, well, the Democrats, they don't support or, or Trump goes out there and says, oh, the Democrats, they don't support our troops and they don't want to, you know, they don't care about border security and all this stuff. People should be like, well, actually, they tried to prevent you from taking funding away and they wanted to fund the troops during the shutdown. You wouldn't even let it come for a vote. Why is not every reporter in America saying that to Paul Ryan or Donald Trump when they fucking just lie they're straight up fucking lying of course you know like when they like it's just a total you know it's 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 my disappointment with both the democrats and the fucking media on this uh we know the republicans are gonna lie and cheat and do whatever they fucking can in any of these arguments the point is that the democrats need to play 
uh, to their strength, which in this particular situation is the truth. Um, and the and the majority of polling, you know, is on their side in this issue. That was the interesting part, though, was seeing, you know, I mean, more of the mainstream media actually start to hold the Democrats accountable for it. I was surprised to see how many people really did, you know, kind of agree with you and say they, you know, like they completely fucked this. Like Slate and like CNN. Uh, I mean, they were all saying like they completely botched this. Fucking <laughs> Joe. Former Republican representative, like, guys, if the Democrats can't fucking get the DREAM Act through, like, they don't even deserve to exist as a party. They're just wor- <laughs> he said something like that, and I was like, this guy is the mouthpiece for the establishment. He's a fucking former Republican representative. If this guy's saying it, you know it's fucking true. Like, it, it's just... <laughs> So, and I think we largely agree on the substance of the Democrats are fucking pathetic and an actual yeah. strong party could have gotten this through. Um, you know, what I, I think what's going to happen is exactly what I think we probably both agree is going to happen is Mitch McConnell not going to let this fucking come up for a vote. It's just going to be what the Democrats do then. I think the Democrats are going to cave because, again, they have their donors to answer to and the donors don't like it when the government shut down because the markets take a hit. And God forbid the fucking markets take a hit. And then, you know, it's. <laughs> I think that they're going to get some sort of an anemic uh, act. They'll get that, a bullshit and act. Yeah. 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 That, that isn't the real solution. You know, maybe it's a temporary solution. Maybe it's a, you know, a partial solution or something else, but they're, they're not going to get the full deal. Um, if anything, maybe they even just get debate and don't get anything at all. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no guarantee. All, all Mitch McConnell promised them for, for, funding the government is debate he didn't yeah, he say can't, we're gonna... he can't guarantee consensus i mean honestly no, they don't even have he, control not, he can guarantee a vote he's not even guaranteeing that they didn't even get that out of him yeah they don't even have control over their own side though they can't even get their own side to agree on the budget or anything else so that's that's part of their challenge here but but mitch mcconnell as senate uh, majority leader can guarantee a vote they couldn't even get him to agree to that because he knows it'll pass because even Republicans, a lot of Republicans, Marco Rubio, a lot of those guys support fucking protections for the dreamers because they realize they can't say, oh, well, we want the people to do it the right way if they don't even support people that had no choice in the matter. Like right. they, it, it totally kills their argument. Right. Um, so a lot of them uh, even support the DREAM Act. So there's a very, very good chance that it would pass through the Senate yeah. and even through maybe the, through the House. What do you make of the whole thing about the talking stick? Did you hear about that? <laughs> uh, we, we live in a fucking clownish country what I mean. it so reminds me of like every cringy corporate exercise i ever oh. had to do you know in meetings okay oh well, you know only the person with the stick can talk or what i'm just like oh my god is this where we are yeah so yeah apparently like they were talking in susan collins's office and like some and one of the <laughs> Dem- the republican uh reps like broke, like got angry and threw the talking stick and like broke some fucking prized like piece of like d- precious moments figures. <laughs> I don't even know the the details. I was just like precious this, this moments. Is... <laughs> I was trying to think of something more. <laughs> um, yeah. So oh God, I just we live in a fucking clownish country. It's so embarrassing. About our country, it's embarrassing. It's just, it's all the illusion of choice. And, you know, I, I mean, the one thing that, yeah, I was talking with a Republican friend of mine the other day. And the one thing that I have to agree with her on Donald Trump and the GOP, they, they play the media like a fucking fiddle. 
and everybody just jumps in line. You know, he, he, all he has to do is say one bizarre, weird thing or one swear word or whatever. Oh, shithole. Oh my God. He said shithole. Let's talk about it. They go into a tailspin for like a week over it. I mean, and it distracts from every other important issue. They are, you know, I hate to say it. I mean, I have to give him credit. It's, it's masterful, his, his use of the media and they just play right into it. I almost don't even want to give him too much credit because it's like a monkey could do it once you see it <laughs> happening. It's just that the media is so fucking stupid and reactionary and clickbaity that they that they make well, it possible. A lot of people wouldn't, right? Obama wouldn't have probably, uh, you know, done some of these things because they're just cheap and stupid, right? Yeah. But, but I mean, the the technique, yeah, it's it's uh, you know almost childlike. <laughs> 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 so and even fucking tyt was doing like a ton of coverage on the the shithole jimmy Dore, uh like really like took them to task without naming them by day but it was very clear he was talking about it. he's like look i went on a fucking lefty news show and they spent 45 minutes out of their first hour talking about a fucking swear word that the president said and it's like look assholes like you know we got a million other things going on right now we, we still half the country's poor and like this is the things we're focusing on for like well, that's the entirety of the and, fucking news coverage. And let's not forget the fact that we're all fucking adults, and we most of us swear. I mean, you know, yeah. like it happens. And and even I, in I never swear. I don't know. <laughs> the most conservative, you know, uh, corporations that I've worked for, I've been in large meetings with you know executive vice presidents, and they swear like sailors. Let's not pretend that these words don't come out of our mouths. Let's you know, let's, let's feign outrage that the president said shithole. I I mean, granted, there, there's more context there, and there are some things to be upset about in sure, terms of racist, how but... he characterized those countries and that sort of thing. Um, uh, but the word itself, I mean, come on. We, we know that much worse comes out of every one of their mouths and, and ours, too. Yeah, and also it's like Newsflash. The guy who fucking started his campaign calling Mexicans rapists and saying he wanted to ban all Muslims is a racist. Who fucking knew? Like, <laughs> like really, guys, come on. Yeah, he says racist shit all the time. He's been a fucking racist since the day he was born. His dad was a fucking Nazi, basically. His dad marched with the Klan. Well, he, he used to refuse to sell apart. Him and his dad used to refuse to sell apartments to black people in the fucking eighties. Like they're racist. The other component of this, as far as shitholes, is that there are a lot of places in this country that are shitholes. And this country is a fucking third world country in a lot of. Aspects. I mean, there was you know just the thing in L.A. where like a thousand homeless people that were sleeping in sort of a tent city were being removed, and and they had maybe shelters for like you know two hundred of them, and they just said, well, the rest are just going to have to move along. Where the fuck do you move along? To when you're sleeping in a tent outside. I mean, you go to the next town and then you get jailed or get ticketed for being homeless. It's just, it's insane. We, you know, we live in a shithole and, you know, he can sit in his ivory tower or his gold plated whatever and, and, you know, I guess be removed from that. But the rest of us live in a reality where, you know, lots of people, hardworking people still need food stamps to get by, still need to go to food banks, you know, eating old food and work full time and you know, all of these things and, and still struggle. So, yeah, they, they're just out of touch. Of course. And we criminalize poverty in this country. I mean, it's illegal to be fucking poor and exist, you know, in this country in a lot of places. And it's just this doesn't happen in other countries like Canada does not have this problem fucking all these all these you know socialist countries oh my god Sweden <laughs> and Norway they don't fucking have homeless people like yeah. they have people 
they take care of people. Like if people in Norway uh, aren't dying to come live here. <laughs> that yeah, was the, no, you know, you not... want more people from Norway, um, then, then be more like Norway because. Yeah, seriously. I, I, I would love to be a lot more like Norway and attract people from Norway here. Um, but yeah, that, that don't see that in our future. <laughs> I've had many discussions with progressives online about all of us just seeking a, a contingent and going to Iceland where they, I, you know, I thought about that so much. jailed yeah, their yeah, bankers yeah. and pirate party. And my God, <laughs> I mean, you know, what's not to love? <laughs> and their prison system's amazing. Like yeah. it actually focuses on rehabilitation. Like, their, yeah. their people rewrote everything. I mean, for the people. Yeah. Yeah. Who fucking knew? When you write things in favor of the people, it actually works out. But, you know, let's, benefits, but... let's have a march for something <laughs> yeah let's have, a, let's have a fucking march for nothing instead of actually marching for real change in the country and you wonder why we're so uppity and pissed off all the time because yeah. we see the shit that's happening and we see nobody doing anything about it and it's like what the fuck is it going to take to wake people up to the fact that we're living in a third world country like we really are yeah yeah i mean the un talked about it they went across this country and they were like holy crap the, the poverty here is uh immense yeah. Off the charts. So yeah, if they're documenting okay. it and they go all around the world and they see it, then <laughs> we got work to do. I, I just I still can't get over the fact that they were ready to fund this fucking border wall. I, I can't get over that. I, it's, <laughs> I mean today Schumer walked it back after it it was clear that that, that the deal wasn't gonna go through as if that made a fucking difference. It's like yeah. Well, okay. Great. You still fucking agreed, like you know. Why don't you? We, we talked about like, hey, Democrats twenty eighteen. At least we're not. Have you seen the other guys? How yeah. about fucking Democrats twenty eighteen? Build the wall. I think that's gonna be <laughs> their next bumper sticker. Well, it's tough because apparently there was there was discussion that uh, Trump's infrastructure plan had leaked. I don't know if you saw that story and you know all the different things that they're planning. We, we, we do need investment in, in infrastructure. You know, there are places where, you know, lead pipes and, you know, uh, nitrogen getting into the water and just all sorts of shit happening around the country that, that's going to cost, you know, trillions, honestly, uh, trillions of dollars to fix. So so we do need investment in infrastructure. It's just the wall, uh, really. It's, it's, it, <laughs> you're going to have a wall and then you're still going to need people there to police it. So you could just have people to police it if that's what you want to do. Just, that's going to be a constant symbol of the Democrats. Democrats ineptitude that fucking <laughs> um, funnily enough you mentioned infrastructure and all that stuff I was down in New Orleans uh, you know over the weekend we the, the, we couldn't drink water they, there's a boiled water advisory because they um, so they they got snow uh, like the day or t- like two days before we went down there right and yeah. then, like record low temperatures was like 25 degrees which I'm sure is not uh, an, a sign of climate change. Or anything. <laughs> no. they, they hit a record low temperature for not that at all. time, for at, of all time in fucking New Orleans. But, <laughs> uh, so what happened is all their pipes froze, and their pipes are a fucking hundred years old. So when the temperature the next day went up to fifty degrees, again, totally not indicative <laughs> of any kind of thing, anything wrong with the climate. Um, all the pipes uh, defrosted and a lot of them burst because they're really old. Like that, you know, that happens when pipes flash freeze and unfreeze. And so they had a low water pressure situation. Um, And apparently when that happens, I'm not a water expert, but like it, it can get things, things that were like stored in the pipes get loose. And it's like that, a precautionary thing where the, the water could become undrinkable and contaminated with like, you know, all Bad sorts shit. of things. Yeah, bacteria, lead, um, whatever. And I guarantee you almost every major city in America has this issue. And it's like... Oh, yeah. Have any kind of clean... You know, we, 
we've seen with Flint, but I mean that Flint I mean, is by far and away not the only city. There have been lots of others that were highlighted since then. Well, someone and, did a and, report that said there's a bunch worse than Flint, even. Yeah, and that's the thing. And we still haven't fucking fixed Flint. Yeah, yeah, it's still. I mean, what fucking, the? <laughs> would it cost fucking nothing? Like in in government, you know, dollar terms, but it's just like, you know. Well, and, you know, the, the trouble with, you know, investing in something like a wall is it, it's sort of a one time construction cost. Whereas if you were investing in, let's say, you know, redoing all of the, the, the pipes across the country for the water systems and stuff, that work would be ongoing for years. That would be, you know, a whole labor force, not like a one time thing. People could go from place to place and, you know, probably spend the next 50 years doing that kind of a job. So, um, but that would actually involve paying people, and that wouldn't <laughs> that wouldn't enrich one fucking oligarch's you know contractor buddy who's yeah. Well, you know, I mean, for a wall, the Republicans can just jail more people and make them do it for slave wages, like they do with everything else, you know, to get five cents more on their stock uh, returns or whatever. Yeah, such a fucked up country. Like, there's so many things wrong with this guy. Like, I, I just don't so even many. know where to like. <laughs> God, it's so depressing. We really should just fucking move to Norway. I was just saying on the on the healthcare thing, like if everybody that was watching that town hall volunteered and gave a few bucks to whatever progressives you want to support, we could seriously take over Congress and do this shit. If everybody just gives a little bit, you could. It, it's totally doable, but you have to do it. Either commit your time or your money, whatever you can do. But but you got to have skin in the game or the establishment is going to continue to beat us at every turn. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, so speaking of uh, people running in 2018, uh, we should talk about the Chelsea Manning situation. Yeah, that's been so, an interesting one. I don't know. Do we, do we talk about last week that she announced she was, I think we just, it, it was just coming across that she announced that she was running as we did our podcast last week. Yeah. Um, she had a strange, I thought it was strange anyway, um, opening video, uh, I don't know. It was, it was odd. I mean, there were, it was true. Right. And it, it a lot of the yeah. things that she said were true, but just for a, a, it was obviously very different from any kind of other political ad that you see. Um, I don't know the, the voice, it sounded very dark. Um, and then, you know, the, the costume, the leather and holding the rose, there were just a lot of pieces that were, I don't know, I felt like confusing uh, messages and, yeah, I, I, I thought the ad was odd. I thought she could have done a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I think it was interesting messaging and imagery. I don't know that it was necessarily right for a uh, Senate campaign. I yeah. think it was a cool video. Like, obviously, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, she's a very different kind of candidate. Yeah. Like, she's going to run a very different campaign than maybe we've ever seen before, uh, given the fact that she's who she is. She's, you know, a very well-known uh whistleblower who spent you know seven years in jail and was tortured by uh the government for exposing war crimes well and so that's the um, one question is is it a vanity campaign because many people say that district is unwinnable for a democrat anyway yeah, so you know conventional wisdom bullshit but what would she do next uh, you know for publicity you know this is definitely well, a way to get it well Car i mean cardin's a democrat that's in there now that people are saying oh you're not going to be cardin blah 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 but I think that's largely like conventional wisdom bullshit because Cardin is a fucking horrible. He's she's in some ways the perfect opponent for him because he's super pro uh, deep state spying. Like he votes for every fucking FISA authorization. He's uh, an awful, you know, 
like Republican, you know, light Democrat. And I wish I, people cared more about that stuff, but it just seems like so many of them are fucking asleep at the wheel. Why? Well, yeah, but that's, I think that's, it, it's true, but I think that's largely because of the media's failings on it. And I think someone who's as well known as Chelsea, even if the media is going to smear her, which they've already, you know, gone into full smear mode, it'll get eyes on her and she could get that message out there and people will examine what she actually, I, most people don't even, can't even fucking tell you the difference between Ed Snowden, WikiLeaks. Right. Uh, like, but if this gets people to look into the shit that she exposed and the fact that we were gunning down fucking Reuters journalists and laughing about it, right. Uh, you know, it, people will be like, Oh my God, that's fucking horrible. I would have done the same thing. Well, some people uh, have pointed out all of that is great, but does that mean that you should be in office? You know, I, I mean, you can make the argument that there was, you know, a certain amount of bravery and just, I don't know, uh, ballsiness and maybe not the right word here, but you know, a certain amount of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, ovarian fortitude, I don't know, whatever, um, a certain amount of gumption, let's say, yeah, sure. uh, you know, <laughs> required, uh, you know, to, to do something like that. So on the bravery front, yeah, but I, I don't know um, the rest of it. And then the other piece is the eligibility factor, because technically she's still in the military. That, well, that's been discussed. She's no, no, she's, she's suspended right now, but she's no. technically still, I guess, active active but suspended whatever that means and so there's discussion that there would be i don't know some sort of a lawsuit or whatever um you know because you can't be yeah, in the military and run like that i think that's kind of like that they'll use that to get rid of her if she starts showing any kind of decent poll numbers but um i think it regardless it's important that somebody primaries every one of these horrible democrats that yeah. votes on on these things so if nothing else, I, I don't think she's doing it for vanity. I think she, uh, it, that's to me, that's like, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but I think, I, I don't think a lot of people are thinking of it this way. Uh, to me, that's like people saying that like all these like me too accusers are coming forward for publicity. It's like, this is a fucking horrible thing. You're burdening yourself with by coming forward. Cause like Chelsea Manning, like since this has happened, has been getting attacked by fucking, centrist you know democrats been you know misgendered by republic the most yeah. heinous shit you've ever seen in your life under the comments of all of her posts and it's like I, she wouldn't fucking i wouldn't wish that on anybody and i don't think she's doing it for necessarily the fame i think she's doing it because she genuinely believes uh in a lot of these progressive things which she's you know come out it strongly in support of since well, certainly when you look at our current reps and you see the things that they're not fighting for and, you know, not speaking to, um, it allows her to to put these issues more front and center and, and hopefully, you know, discuss them more. And certainly a non-traditional yeah. ad like she did, um, you know, can garner some attention for all of those yeah. things. And, and I think she probably needs a, a team of actual progressive, you know, campaign people well, around her. A lot of people, I think, you know, you and I you know. have reached out to her and I guess nobody's yeah. getting a response, which I could completely understand, she honestly. Have a website, though, but like, like she, how do you know who to trust if you're her? How do you know, you yeah. know, I mean, you let somebody in. We've seen this on campaigns where, uh, you know, uh, you know, the establishment gets someone in and, you know, everything 
turned sideways. So I, I would be especially cautious if I were her on, sure. you know, on who to trust and, and who to look at. Um, but I know uh, like Joy from Real Progressives was trying to reach out and, you know, I have, I think you have, others have that I know, um, you know, at least from Twitter and haven't gotten anything, there's not really a, a great way to reach her or if she has a team, anyone on her team. So uh, that's going to be a challenge for her. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, I want to see what else she, she speaks out to and, you know, broadens her platform, what other issues she supports. So, yeah. And everything she said on Twitter, Mm -hmm. like since being released, uh, makes me think that she'd be a fucking awesome Senator in terms of policy, whether or not she knows how to implement that, uh, implement it is another question. It was so bizarre to me that the ad it was because it was so dark and her presence on Twitter is always so positive. Like we got this, we can do this, all of that. And the ad was just so starkly different from that. Like we're so (laughs) fucked, you know, (laughs) it was like, we got this, but we're fucked. You know, which is it? (laughs) I I mean, I I think it's a strategy Um, whether or not it's a good or bad one, I guess remains to be seen, but um I think it's interesting, and I think she's a huge embarrassment for the Democrats, and they will do everything they fucking can to make sure she does not get in office because she uh, represents a lot of the shit that they fucking hate, like, you know, speaking truth to power, blowing the whistle on uh, government uh corruption or misdeeds like well it, these these figures it's been so interesting to watch democrats and the establishment and the left and, and how their feelings on you know uh, assange and snowden and everything have evolved it went from you know assange being a saint to you know he's the devil and he's you know russian and all of that so it, it's been crazy to see them shift on these things uh, fairly easily um, you know, and turn against. So yeah, it, it won't surprise me at all to see this sabotage there. Yeah. No, I believe we call that political opportunism and not actually believing in anything. Yeah. There's that. <laughs> um, so, and now the other interesting thing that came out, uh, the last couple of days is that she went to this, uh, rally for freedom or party for uh, some bullshit that the alt light was throwing. Um, yeah, I heard say, her say that it was sort of like oppo research kind of thing, you know, going and listening to the yeah. other side and kind of spying. And people were like, oh, well, she was uh, fraternizing with people. Like, yeah, she didn't go in there and like punch them all in the face. Like, <laughs> wanted to talk to them. And, and so, like, I have a couple thoughts on this. Like, I think people are understandably were a little like miffed when they saw photos of her, you know, party. Well, like at, at a party talking to people like Mike Cernovich and Cassandra Fairbanks. But. I think there's a couple important distinctions that we need to be uh, that we need to make. Number one, Cernovich is a fucking asshole, piece of shit, douchebag, no question. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's he's a fucking scumbag. He's pushed the Pizzagate bullshit, uh, which a lot of people on the left have pushed too. So that's that. You know, don't don't I, act like that's just you know. So you can kill me, but I do think that there's something there. I don't I don't think that they were running a pedo thing from from Comet Pizza, but I think there's some shit there that was really fucking weird. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not going to kill you because I didn't look enough into it. I just every the, the concept that John Podesta be running a, a, a pedophile ring from a pizzeria seems or his brother seems a little nuts. But it's just some of those messages were just fucking weird, and some of the things that Comet Pizza was tweeting out. I'll, I'll show you some of it. It was weird. Again, I'm not saying that that you know that there was you know sex trafficking happening in that you know establishment or basement, but there there's 
I don't know. There was some weird shit going on there. That's all oh, I'll I'm say. Gonna, and I'm going to get red-pilled apparently on this. <laughs> and as for, for um, Cernovich, like, I think I can understand some alliance there because, and it's weird, what we've well, seen happening yeah, with a lot fine. of people on the left is that they're, because they're criticizing the establishment Democrats, they're now kind of aligning with these, some of these people on the right. It's just a weird well, political so, time. So a couple things on this. Cassandra Fairbanks was a Bernie supporter who became a Trump supporter after right. the primary. A lot of people in the, and I make the distinction alt-light because the alt-right and the alt-light, quote unquote, are very different things. Yeah. Like Senator Rich and Cassandra Fairbanks, most people consider alt-light, meaning that they uh, support Trump, but they're not like fucking, like Richard Spencer says he wants a white ethnostate. He's right. a fucking Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Like, Mike Cernovich may be a racist and probably is a racist and maybe Cassandra Fairbanks is, although a lot of stuff I've seen her posts has been uh, anti, like, you know, Richard Spencer. Like, Richard Spencer hates Mike Cernovich. Like, it's a really weird, like, you know. (laughs) I I, I don't know if you remember back when they had the deplorable, like, after Trump won. (laughs) uh, Jenk from TYT called it a cuck-tastrophe because they got in this big spat about, like, Half of them like were like like didn't like the Jews, but like the rest like did like the alt light <laughs> di- didn't mind you. Like it was this whole thing where like Ugh. yeah, so it, they're fucking ridiculous people. No, look, no question. Um, but a couple of things on that. So the the thing people really were pissed about was that back in October, Chelsea Manning uh d- didn't escape the room with like Cernovich and a bunch of and Cassandra Fairbanks and a bunch of other people. What people aren't saying about that is number one like yeah that's kind of weird that she's friends with them but a lot of those people genuinely don't like uh their surveillance state and cassandra fairbanks in particular has been a huge chelsea manning supporter from like back when she was uh bradley manning like years ago would always like talk about um like how unjust it was that she was put in jail and like a lot of those people are are genuinely anti-surveillance state, anti-big government, anti-NSA spying. And I think that they appreciate what she did, whether or not they agree with her politically. Right. You know? um, this doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that she's still as far left as you can get, Chelsea Manning. She's far to the left of me right. on some issue. She wants, like, open borders. Like, I don't think that's, like, a great idea. But yeah. Um, so, when, but when I say that, it, it's not, it, she's not like fucking alt right in disguise. Like, you can be friends with people that have different ideologies than you. Like, I think we need to. <laughs> what are you talking about, Anthony? <laughs> We're not allowed to associate and be seen in public or have but Facebook you know, friends that differ. God forbid you, you like know, the, hear the yeah, other side. Like you have family members, I'm sure, who are Republicans who you don't like punch in the face every time you see them. You can, <laughs> enjoy their company and then just not talk politics with them. Or well, a couple I don't speak agree. to at all, but you know, <laughs> no, no, no question. And it depends on, you know, the situation, but yeah. there's certainly people that I associate with who are to the right of me, who I don't think are bad people. I just think that they don't know what they're talking about or they're not informed. Well, yeah. And keep in mind, I'm, I'm a former Republican. So, you know, I yeah, do exactly. have, I mean, you know, quite a few people on that side. And actually it was really interesting. My, my friend that, that is conservative that I went out with, she was like, you know, I so appreciate 
going out with you and hearing your perspective because you're willing to kind of talk about it and be open-minded and look at all sides of the equation. And, you know, at the end of the day, we may differ, but, you know, you can have that conversation and a lot of people just can't anymore. And I think that's part of the problem that we have right now is people can't have a calm dialogue. I mean, I've seen this, you know, on Facebook, I'll, I'll say something and somebody will come back, somebody on the left will start coming back with, you know, swear words of insults rather than, you know, talking about the issues. And it's just, it's frustrating. It's like, if that's where you're going to go, just, just go away. If you can, you know, go back and forth calmly. And there was someone else I was talking with that did, we moved on, but you know, the people that, that get like that on any side just are, are not helping anyone. We need to be listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've said that from, from day one, when Trump won, you need to dig into and understand these people on the other side, because if you ostracize them and you demonize them and you, you know, talk about how racist and horrible they are, yeah, some of them are, but some of them are just people that their lives sucked and they felt like, you know, they didn't want to vote for more of the same and they voted for change. You know, that's, that was what they thought. Now, obviously some of them are waking up to that and realizing they didn't get the change they wanted. Sure. Um, you know, but I think but you can win a lot of those people back if you don't fucking ostracize them and call them fucking Nazis. Exactly. Like, exactly. The ones who are Nazis call not, I mean, right, Nick right. Is a Nazi, <laughs> he's self-identified, you know, Yeah. but you know, some of these people who were, you know, who, who supported Trump supported Bernie yeah. and, and it's, because he has a big crossover appeal because he actually tells the fucking truth, which almost nobody in Washington does. Like, yeah. that's the real point of it is that if you present them with an option from the left who actually speaks to people and tells the truth, they'll fucking vote for him. People don't want to vote for the bad. People don't want to be on the side of the bad guys. Like, they just they do whatever they think is going to help them in their life situation. Well, right? Trump co-opted populist rhetoric anyway. That was all Bannon, yeah. you know, and, and they took that message and used it and never That's fucking right. believed in it. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and continues to, it's so bizarre speak to, you know, and use those talking points while enacting legislation and policies that are completely the opposite of it. And, and because they tell people everything's great or because they see the stock market going up, they're like, woohoo. Yeah. Trump's doing it. It's but, awesome. And, and they, the reason he's able, <laughs> to get away with that still is that the democrats by and large other than a few uh aren't messaging on populism still right, right so they're still seeding that ground to fucking trump if you came out and said look this is what we actually this is what actual populism is populism is providing health care for every fucking man woman and child in this country populism is making sure that your kids can go to college and get the same opportunity oh anthony that that's kid... socialism and, and giving free ponies and unicorns yeah. to everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly and it's also a fucking winning strategy that would win them <laughs> victories you know from here till the end of time yeah but they know that which is why they're not going to do it um but the, oh so a big point that i don't see a lot of people making um that i wanted to make is a lot of, a lot of these people who are piling on a chelsea manning right now are hillary clinton supporters yeah hillary clinton if you remember uh, best fucking buds, fucking pen pals with Henry Kissinger, one of the biggest motherfucking war criminal motherfuckers on the planet. One of the worst people, literally one of the worst people on the planet. <laughs> Far right lunatic responsible for the slaughter of millions of innocent people in Vietnam. Um, he, nothing, even someone as horrible as Richard Spencer, who's not who we're talking about here. We're talking about people with shitty views who have never done anything necessarily to harm people. Unless you want to say, oh, well, Cernovich pr pushed a Pizzagate theory and people, like, you know, took a gun. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. 
but you know, but nobody died. I mean, it was it was dumb. People and people buy into you know whatever. Uh, yeah. But um, you know, people like Cassandra Fairbanks has no power really she just has like a slight audience but she doesn't have any actual political power hillary clinton can't find a fucking right-wing demagogue you know lunatic that she doesn't want to have brunch with like (laughs) henry kissinger is one of the worst people in the world hillary clinton was proud to call him a friend and these same people who love hillary clinton and support her are getting on chelsea manning for going to a fucking escape the room game with a couple of you know people that are right-wingers or deplorables or whatever like are you fucking kidding me like this <laughs> is such hypocrisy and bullshit like yeah. god i you know i just i can't with these fucking but, people so I, I but you can't, you can't call out the queen you can't call out the queen no of course and, and, and yeah and again all again all these resistors can't wait to fucking fawn over bill crystal's latest book about how trump's <laughs> horrible uh, why don't you pick up the last book in this bibliography about how George Bush is a fucking genius and how <laughs> Iraq was justified uh, like four years after Iraq? Yeah, that, that 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 was a real that was a good one. Maybe pick that up while you're while you're you know in the Bill Crystal aisle. Just take a peek. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Get get the fuck out of here. So they, they, they but they know this. They're just piling on because they know they need to do whatever they can to squash anyone who actually poses a threat to their precious incumbents and it's like just pathetic it's pathetic they can't win with ideas so they smear that, that's oh fuck well you know, <laughs> i want i want you know to get what's into next some, yeah <laughs> <laughs> some uh some some stuff uh that happened uh the past couple of days we so got a roundup get into yeah weekly sex assault roundup so yeah um and by the way that intro is not instructions for anyone so (laughs) yeah (laughs) do not try this at home (laughs) um no that 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 was uh (laughs) yeah so uh, the only big thing this week that I have is uh, Enzo Amore, who is a uh, was a WWE professional wrestler, uh, and this this was particularly of interest to me because I've I've been a, a kind of a lifelong wrestling fan. Yeah. Um. So this this this, this story I I was pretty shocked by when I first saw it. Um, yeah, I didn't know who he was, so this was all new to me. He's a uh, he's very he's very well known. He was very popular at one point, although people have kind of soured on him uh, before this, not because of this. Obviously, this did he have like a wrestling persona? You know, like one of these. I don't know. He well, he, Enzo. More, his real name is Eric Arndt or uh, Eric Arnst or something to that effect. Enzo More is his wrestling persona. It's not far off from the real guy, though. He is a fucking obnoxious, loudmouth jersey i mean the guy's got a microphone tattooed on his hand like a like an old style 50s microphone so thanks and 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 a, and a picture of frank sinatra's mug shot on one of his arms so you know he's a he's a he's a he's a, he's a loud guy like he's a boisterous fellow um but you know and he, uh by all accounts uh a loud mouth guy but maybe not a bad guy necessarily um you know as previously thought so to be determined yeah yeah um he was accused a couple days ago uh 
Well, uh, so the, the, uh, this Twitter user made it public a few days ago that she was uh, raped by him back in October. She said that she... At Miss Gucci, which is her... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Philomena yeah, Sheehan is uh, her name, but uh, at Miss Gucci, which is her Twitter username. So she, she laid out a story about how she... Um, uh, th- there's this this uh, this, uh, this is so weird. I don't even know what to, what to call these people. <laughs> Instagram personality, I guess, like friend of rappers, like semi-famous person called like Too Poor. Yeah, this woman Layla, uh, who was like uh, put out the call. Was, yeah, put out the call. Like who's down to SMD tonight? Basically. Yeah. Uh, and she messaged back like, like because i guess she you know knew this followed this person was like what are you talking about and i guess they dm back and forth and she uh arranged to go meet up with this girl layla uh, aka too poor and this other semi-famous person i don't know the, the whole the mechanics of who these people are is very weird to me i don't like i still don't understand tyler that. and layla i don't know yeah yeah okay so she meet up with them and their friend enzo or eric you know mm-hmm. uh at, at a hotel in phoenix after I guess after a WWE show and after a concert, they had all gone to. So that's the pretense is you want to SMD. Yeah. Come by. And she's like, <laughs> sure. y'all I'm down. Yeah, okay. So that's how it starts. Sure. And, okay. So, <laughs> so she said that when she was walking up to the room, uh, Layla said to her, like, are you really going to do that? And she was like, uh, well, yeah, maybe if I like him, otherwise, you know, maybe I'll, we'll just chill or something like that, which yeah, totally reasonable. Um, so she gets up to the room and, and allegedly they're doing, you know, massive amounts of drugs. Drugs everywhere. Coke. She's at cocaine everywhere, smoking, smoking weed. Pot. Yeah, just all sorts of um, different stuff and a, and a bag of, I guess, unknown substance. I don't know. Yes. She she said meth, but I, I it doesn't sound like meth. You don't you don't snort meth really. Well, I mean, you can, but like. Well, that and and the reaction that it sounds like she had of of basically being uh, frozen. Meth doesn't make you pass out. No, yeah. or <laughs> meth yeah. makes you a lunatic. That sounds like <laughs> uh you know GHB or some kind of a yeah maybe heroin a date rape or, drug yeah possibly yeah or yeah maybe you know who knows or maybe it was just coke and she just did so much uh, other stuff that she. Well, that was that was the other part of it. So she she has a mental health history. She's been on antidepressants she, since she was fourteen. Um, you know, she's been in the hospital before and all of that. And she had a drug pass, but had been sober for a while. So having been sober for a while, certainly her tolerance for whatever substance she was going to use would have been down, um, which is where a lot of people wind up ODing um, because they go back at yeah, the yeah. rate that they were at before and have a problem. She also said that she's she's you know been diagnosed bipolar, but then she said after borderline too, borderline, and then she's yeah, then she got diagnosed with border, borderline personality disorder after uh, faking a pregnancy. After uh, she she admitted to faking a pregnancy in a previous relationship, and like normally I wouldn't even bring that stuff up, but I think it's goes to credibility. It it does go to some kind of credibility. Like I hate to even be that guy because I don't want to be like the like Fox News talking about. Yeah, like, I know. mean, I feel bad even you know talking about the mental health history and all of it, but but you do have to kind of paint but you a picture. Have to consider it. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, so but her account was you know when she initially put forth was very detailed, and I was like, oh wow, this is pretty detailed for somebody to just make it up. Right. Um, you know about how she went to the hotel room and then she was doing drugs with them and then she passed out and she felt like she couldn't move and then she heard. And then this is where it kind of got like uh, a little dicey for me, her story, because she was like, 
she's like, oh, well, I think I overheard, and I can't quite remember, but I think it was something to the effect of Enzo saying something like, yo, I'm going to rape this girl, bro. I don't even care. And the other two were like, what are you talking I'm gonna about? I'm going to rape shit? the shit out of her, yeah. Yeah, like, nobody fucking says that. Like, I'm, actually, I, like, you're I, wrong. Somebody has said you, that to you, me in my life before. Okay, okay. Yeah, actually, I was at but a like, school like, dance too, in like, uh, I want to say ninth or 10th grade, and somebody comes, comes up to me and goes, yeah, Matt wants to rape the shit out of you. And I'm like, thanks for that. <laughs> people would like. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to go, okay, woohoo. <laughs> but so, but in that context, but do you think people would actually brag about like doing it to a group of friends and then being like, leave the room so I can do this right now? Or would they just be like, yo, leave the, or would he be like, if he actually was to do that, would he be like, yo, leave the room. I want to be alone with her. And then like, well, there are people that unfortunately use the word rape and, and they mean ravage or, or something else. So, you know, I I think, you know, I, I, the word is a strong word, obviously, and I don't recommend using it. Um, but I think, you know, it's possible yeah. that <laughs> to say the least, don't please yeah. don't ever say that. As, it, you know. Certainly as a female doesn't make me want to do anything. Um, so yeah, that's not a, not a sexy not, word. Not a turn on. No, not <laughs> at all. Um, but um, yeah, so she's, she's incoherent sort of, and, and, you know, believes she's hearing this dialogue and then kind of wakes up and, uh, I guess sees a condom somewhere. So there's, yeah, there's a blur in between. Yeah, so she saw she saw Conum. She he was she was laying next to him. Um, so when I when the first when the story first broke, that was the you know, and then she said she so she left despondent. She checked into a, a mental health uh, facility and then you know filed a police report. Um, so when I heard that initial story, I believed it because it, it's, it's it was very detailed, and I was like, oh my god, yeah, this is horrible. That's fucked up that you would do this. Blah blah blah. Um, but then holes started to appear in the story. Like people were, cause she immediately jumped to like TMZ, uh, and all these other outlets, a lot of wrestling, uh, journalism outlets, like contacted her, talked to her. And I watched a lot of the videos and like, I, I, I feel like such a dick for even saying this, but like she, she didn't even seem remotely upset when recounting the story. She seemed very much like she was giving a rehearsed account like because she said the exact phrasing that she used in the well that can initial report that can happen um sure you know with people that go through traumatic experiences is they compartmentalize it and sort of need to to put the emotions or whatever to the side um or or don't even have the emotions in particular people that have been through abuse before they you know kind of push that to a another yeah. place mentally and they just describe it very i don't know mechanically or something else and, so you know she's yeah. had mental health issues so maybe she doesn't always respond to things the same way that uh, you know other people would respond to some to to, to a, a, a normal social what people would consider socially normal you know response to behavior like that may be true um and it and you know this it's good that we put po- that we're, we're, uh, even to poke holes in my poking holes is important because it's good that we get it all on the table yeah so she she woke up in a panic attack and um you know, I guess she looks at her phone and this guy Tyler had texted her saying, are you good? And she's thinking maybe I could still Which be their the friend, you know, like him. a fan or something. So she texted him. Yeah. And that was the last thing she said. So you text. Yeah, you're good. Um, I don't know. Maybe you're still in shock or maybe you're still unclear about what happened and maybe pieces come together later. But that definitely, you know, sounds weird. Yeah. So um, that all on its face value, you know, I, I largely believe that story. Um, shortly after though, uh, you know, her, 
one of her one of her friends or former friends who's been uh, who's appeared on her YouTube channel. So it's he's a verified you know associate of hers. It's right. not like some random guy claiming to be her friend. Uh, put out a video and it's like, look, she's a fucking compulsive liar. Like I like I you know, and he was and he said like, look, I super support the Me Too movement. I think it's really important that pe- powerful people be held accountable for uh, their sexual misconduct. He's like, but look, I know for a fact she's straight up lying. He's like, I talked to her during this entire period. She claimed to me that she, that her, or she said to me that her uh, interactions with Enzo were consensual. And he's like, look, I even dug up some old texts and he had screenshots of texts uh, where she said, where she was bragging the next day after hooking up with Enzo uh, I, I just hooked up with a famous wrestler. I'm lying next to him in bed right now, um, which really doesn't jibe with her recollection of the next morning. Right. I mean, I, uh, and then he had a bunch of other texts which kind of go on to confirm and cor- corroborate that she was basically, uh, you know, okay with what occurred that night as of that day. Well, the other um, part of it that's bizarre is so, you know, she winds up going to the police, but it's like, four days later to yeah. you know get a rape kit done which i mean that happens again that happens with rape sure. victims where they're in shock and it, it takes them some time to you know sort of realize what happened or whatever um but but given all of the other questions well, around so then, this yeah so then the other thing that this guy uh goes on to say and you should seek out his video i i i, I you, you can find it if you search around uh for the story a little bit but the other thing he says is that you know because he he's supposedly very good friends with her and knows her situation very well as she self-admittedly is has been sober she was living in a sober house with a couple of people that she met uh in this program and um she didn't want to tell them that she had you know broken her sobriety and gone out and did a bunch of drugs because she thought that if her dad found out he would take uh her car away she she was making he was making pay according this is according to her friend her former friend who's like disgusted with her about this uh he's making pay the dad was making payments on her car and he would take her car away if he found out that she was fucking around well and if you're in a sober living facility yeah you get caught you know having used it's yeah you get thrown out so she lost where she was living so she goes to the hospital what for 45 days yeah so she so his he says that she did this to cover up for the fact that um that that she she did all these things and then uh she and he's like yeah she and she was just fucking loves attention she's she's well she was tweeting about and this is not even like in private and our public twitter she's like hey mom i made forbes with a bunch of exclamation point like so well it's problematic i I don't know if you're familiar at all with borderline personality disorder but it's a really, I don't really know the details. it's a really difficult disorder people with this there's there's no cure for it um a personality disorder is really difficult. Um, very often uh, people that, that suffer from this do very impulsive things that they then later, you know, regret. It's just, you know, sort of like a whim and they go do something. And, and, and often these things well, are, actually has that too. are, are very self damaging. Um, some of them are cutters or self mutilators. There's a lot of self harm yeah, yeah. behaviors associated with this. So, um, you know, certainly the narrative of going and, you know, answering the call to a famous wrestler who's asking for what he's asking for. That's, that's an impulsive decision in line with someone whose judgment is uh, somewhat impaired. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and apparently she had been drinking before she even went so that was another yeah, piece was, of it yeah her friend claims that she drove there drunk also which is another great decision right. that she made that night right. so like um you know you know obviously it needs to be investigated but you know the cops have been looking into it since october and haven't charged him so right i mean I, by all accounts i, I if, if and he showed this kid showed the text you know that that looked genuine so it's like uh between that the other two uh two poor and tyler whatever the fuck they were uh agreeing with this kid's uh, uh, assessment of the night and saying that that just um, you know that this woman was lying about too poor says he's never done meth in his life he doesn't even know what it looks like yeah, too, poor, too poor is layla uh, tyler's the other guy yeah or she okay very, yeah very confusing all these stupid fucking it definitely is. <laughs> um but yeah yeah exactly well and she didn't even know that it was meth. she's like i don't know what it was blah, blah, blah. but I, I, by all assessments of the situation this seems to be a situation of massive regret and oh my god i just fucked my life up i'm gonna get kicked out of this house i'm gonna lose my car which if that's the case is so unfortunate we you and i talked yeah, about this god. offline a little bit earlier it's so harmful to the movement because it's, it's what people point to, um, you know, every time there's an accusation is, you know, the idea that it could be a false accusation. These are the kinds of examples that they use. And so, you know, it weakens women's credibility everywhere when, when some people, uh, you know, do choose to make false accusations. And I'm not saying that's what it was here. I mean, it, it needs to be investigated clearly. Um, you know, just all around the text and all of it needs to be looked at. Um, but if at the and, end of the day, he says he's turned over that info to the cops at this point, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's for me, the tough part is, okay, so he's, he's been suspended or permanently now. Uh, um, well, he's been fired. Uh, yeah. So he was suspended. So he lost his job, uh, because of this. So, I mean, if he lost his job because they believe that he, raped her and he really didn't you know that's problematic if he lost his job because look you were fucking doing drugs and you know yeah. shit you shouldn't have done so, and this is all bad publicity uh, that i kind of get so I, i'd be little, curious as to why well i i can i can shed a little light on that and a little background on 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 the backstage life of uh, enzo more he's very unpopular apparently according to the uh what, what what wrestling fans call the dirt sheets which are basically like the you know the the bat the wrestling rumor mill um he's had a lot of uh heat with management and with the other wrestlers for a while because he's an arrogant shit basically. <laughs> go figure he, he's not a great wrestler he's a great talker he's like you know like a roddy piper level talker um but uh to bring it back to our mulleted friend from they live <laughs> but but um He's, you know, he calls himself, you know, smack talker, skywalker. He's like a great fucking shit talker. Yeah. Um, which makes him a great wrestling heel, great wrestling bad guy. Yeah. He doesn't know he's backing up in the ring. So a lot of guys, I think, resent the fact that he talks a big game, but he doesn't, he's not maybe necessarily willing to put in the work to get better in the ring to improve his craft. What, you know. So, <laughs> improve his craft. I'm sorry. I know you watch this shit, but. <laughs> look, you're going to get a lot of shit from, if we have any wrestling fans listening. It's it's a fucking look. It's a craft. It's not it's it's not a sport. But it it it, it ha, there's artistic merit to it. People there's a reason people you know are more successful than others because they know what they're doing in terms of their character, 
It's the same as if, like, you know, you'd say, like, look, the guy who plays Jon Snow is great at his craft. He's a great actor. Yeah, some, some may dispute that in <laughs> Jon Snow's case. But, but whoever, you know, fucking Daniel Day-Lewis is great at his craft. It's the same situation. It's like they're, they're really good. It's at just so hard for me. It's so painful for me to watch wrestling. I mean, it, it's, it's fine. It's oh, for everybody. It's so but bad. The who, but the people who watch it get it. Like, I, I you know. You know, we don't have that with that car, but like uh, people listening right now who who watch wrestling get it, and the people who don't probably are in a similar boat to you. But regardless, <laughs> th- just think about you know you wouldn't like yeah it's it's fake it's staged it's cringy, <laughs> but you but you wouldn't you know go up to to Leo Leonardo DiCaprio and be like yo you're not really a cop right bro <laughs> like yo it's fucking fake right like it's the same concept it's like yeah it's entertainment like but. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio happens to be really good at what he does. And, like, The Rock was really good at what he did. Like, nobody was as good as The Rock at cutting promos, you know, giving interviews in the ring. Um, so, but but the, all that's to say, uh, Enzo supposedly had a lot of backstage heat because he's uh, he doesn't appreciate the position he was given. And he, w- like, supposedly he, they were on, like, a like a bus, like, going to one of the, like, the shows, like, the whole roster. And he was like on the phone to his friend talking shit about how much money he was making and how like he didn't even have to wrestle like he was but like all this stuff and like kind of the the, the locker room leader uh, this guy Roman Reigns uh, kicked him off the bus basically and was like <laughs> yeah you got to ride by yourself which which is actually very common in wrestling wrestling is very like tribalistic and like if they feel you don't respect uh, the the locker room leaders they like <laughs> will make you dress by yourself they've done this to a lot of people oh my god it's a, it's, it's a weird world it's well, see, fucking weird and that's why for me it's like comparing somebody who's in soap operas to you know oscar winning performances it's, it's just not the same level <laughs> yeah, but you know what it's got it's got elements of sport though too like and, and you're not a big sports fan so i think that's a double but it's got the it's drama. Got the, it's just the, the, them sitting there well, face the to face. Male testosterone. Yeah. Like a sports team. Machismo. With, I don't with know. The personalities of like a bunch of Hollywood actors forced to drive together on the road for 300 days a year. It it's kills like, me. It's, it's painful. It's a weird. And look, it's not very, but it's a weird situation that, that not many things can, can replicate necessarily. But, but I just want to um, say it's a complete shock for me that they'd be, you know, having parties with lots of drugs and, you know, calling out people to well, S their yeah, D's. Supposedly and... they have a supposedly <laughs> they have a good wellness policy, but I guess a great well, wellness policy. Yeah. People well I don't know that they test for and I don't I don't know that I want them to test necessarily for recreational drugs. Yeah. I'm glad they test for like steroids, but like I don't want you to I don't believe that for, like smoking pot. Yeah. You know I that they're all on steroids. Well, well, I don't buy that. People have gotten like suspended for violating the policy. Yeah, start. probably because they did something else wrong and they just chose to to get them on that. It's 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 hard to say. I mean, <laughs> it, it, there are some elements of of like uh, like Nevada like fight like there, there's some elements of like sports commissions in certain states that actually enforce that shit even for wrestling. Like you know, like the like the Nevada Athletic Commission enforces like boxing regulations but yeah. I think if wwe runs there they also i think there's this you know whole thing on doping that they continue to find ways to get around whatever they're testing for so. sure even in nfl and baseball they you know yeah. i'm sure they have work on but uh, so uh, this is all a long-winded way of saying like he is not super well liked in general by the company right um and supposedly that's not the fr- like he's done other things to piss them off so they could have been looking for an excuse to get rid of him. Exactly. And this may have been their excuse. Yeah. The claim about 
his particular firing, why it was done a day after, is because they found out that he knew about the accusations back in October and didn't tell them. Right. And if that's true, they're totally within their rights to fire him because they, they're saying, like, look, you could have made us aware of this and we could have made you... We could, we could have taken steps to handle this or taken steps to investigate or suspended you pending investigation. Meanwhile, we made you our fucking cruiserweight champion. You're like a face of the brand. You're like, you go on TV representing the company. Right. And you didn't fucking tell us that this woman was accusing you of rape four months ago. And now it's a huge embarrassment to us. So we have to fire you. Well, that, it's like a slight problem. Plan. Yeah. And then you go to, okay, well... But if there really was nothing to it, maybe he just thought she's a nut job and it'll go yeah. away. So you can kind of, I don't know. Or he was like, well, why am I going to ruin my career and get suspended over a bullshit act? Like it, yeah. in his mind, if it was fault, which I get, but like, uh, you know, it, it's a tough situation. No, I go so, back to they were doing shit they shouldn't have done anyway. So, you know, you kind of get what you get with that. But yeah, but uh, recreational, like I have no problem with people doing it. Like, <laughs> I really don't. I, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous, you know old taboo anyway like i i personally wouldn't be doing coke but like i i'm not gonna give him shit for doing that like i i you know and if she went there consensually of her own free will and nothing non-consensual happened while she was there which is a big if at this point obviously right if that's the case then i think he did kind of nothing wrong in that situation i mean i don't know i guess i go to if drugs were legal right if there was no law breaking i really don't give a shit what you do in your house and you know private and stuff like that but you know we're still in a situation where they're not so you're well, a famous person did coke. yeah you've like, got maybe he was just smoking pot while he was there and the other people would, like we yeah don't know. we don't know the details you know no and pot's legal in certain stuff. so like who knows yeah. like it's it's a very, I, I, I think it should be investigated, but I think we agree that like, if this does turn out to be her trying to cover for a shitty situation, this is super fucking damaging. And this is like why people, why the fight is so much harder because people don't believe real accusations when they happen. I also think like this. this is part of why drugs should be legal because at least people would know what they were fucking getting. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, that's of, of course. I mean, I, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, and people still bring up the fucking Virginia Tech story. And that was how many years ago, like six, seven years ago at this point. And people still bring that up as the one example when everyone was like, oh, yeah, well, this person, you know, sexually assaulted me. It's like, well, oh, Virginia Tech. Like, yeah, people make false accusations. It's not that you, can, you, but you can't like immediately jump to that conclusion, but it's super harmful when people do that shit. And it's like, you, I think there needs to be swift consequences for people that do knowingly make up false accusations absolutely so that people can at least give some assurances that like oh my god if i make a false accusation i'll be put in jail for it you know because that's yeah i mean i think a lot of people that, that do that uh, you know they don't give a shit about that or have been in jail sure. before or whatever um but yeah, there, there do need to be consequences. And I think there are, you know, making false statements to the police or false there, reports. There are, yeah. there, there are laws around that. I don't know how often they actually pursue things like that. Um, you know, but there are some consequences there. But but you're right. I mean, it, it just, it poses problems for whenever there are genuine accusations. And and you and I talked about this too. I, I know for a fact, I've known women that, that falsely accused others, you know, that situations where I was there. So it does happen. It doesn't happen perhaps as often where they actually go to the police. Um, you know, but I have seen it happen and it's, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this, this, 
I think this was a really nuanced discussion on the matter. I'm sure people will take away like one stray line that one of us said. <laughs> like, oh my God, they're like rape apologists or they're no, like, they're, yeah. they're, you know, lunatic, whatever. Like, it's just like. That's what happens when you do a podcast. You, you have all this shit out there and eventually somebody's going to use it on you, which is why I will never run <laughs> yeah, for office. I, well, I was just like, whenever <laughs> I run for office, it's going to be like, oh my God, listen to this thing that he said in isolation. Time to erase the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, we've had some other politicians on here who've said some pretty stupid shit. I'm sure they would like to have erased, but uh, yeah. I don't. I, I make it a point to not censor myself or censor uh, the content I put out. So I mean, you know, it is what shit. it is. <laughs> it is what it is. You gotta own it, I guess. Yep. You, hey, fuck! If you if you know you're saying something in public, you gotta own what you say. Yeah. Like it, you know. I'm sorry. Yeah, and people can take anything out of context. So sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that about does it for us this week uh, uh, on the emergency pod, which ended up being like even longer than a normal. <laughs> one because we had a lot of shit to talk about, and uh, I'm going to turn you into a wrestling fan. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. I don't know. How. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Good luck with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if anyone listening is a wrestling fan, write, write in some suggestions uh, <laughs> to LaDonna about stuff she should watch and maybe she won't think Well, I do like guys with long hair, so, you know, maybe send me a few of those. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that about does it for us this week, but uh, we will be coming back to you uh, probably later this week at, you know, normal time, Saturday or whatever, with uh, a new episode. And uh come to oh and uh, <laughs> follow us uh on you know check check us out on all the social media you you know it i'm sure if you if you're still listening at this point great review uh, subscribe che- <laughs> yeah all that fun stuff check us out on patreon patreon.com slash move left we do uh movie reviews uh over there we'll probably be doing another one in, in the next uh week or two coming up uh and check us out next week on uh move left idiots There's insanity in the control room tonight.